Please listen carefully. And now, live from the Zudio in McKinney, Texas, it's the Assuming Positions Podcast, featuring two guys flapping gums and being chums, Kevin and Mikey. Hey everybody, welcome to the Assuming Positions Podcast. Kevin over here. And Mikey over here. And today on the podcast is my favorite thing, because <laughs> I don't have to do a lot other than just babble. It is time for Nerd Alerts. This just in, yes, Nerd Alerts for December and for the year ahead. Yes, so we go over to the news desk where Mikey has your Nerd Alerts. <laughs> All prepped and ready to go. Uh, starting out with a silly, because I saw this and it made me laugh, so I had to share it. We will be a little bit past the holiday, but you can take this information and maybe plan for next year. <laughs> but they're putting the Home Alone house on Airbnb for the Christmas holiday. Mm-hmm. You can go and stay at the Home Alone Kevin McAllister's house for Christmas. Like the actual house? Like the actual they, house. It wasn't like, wait, it wasn't just some Hollywood set? Apparently it's a house. Like, the stairs are there, the rooms are there, they have pictures where you can check it out, and it, I mean, maybe they recreated it to look like the movie, but it's the actual house. Wow, that's weird, because I didn't really think that, I I would have thought that that would have been a Hollywood just studio set. Nope, apparently they yes. came and said, hey, we're filming here, get out for three months. <laughs> well, we destroy your house. <laughs> but the Airbnb does come with some events, and apparently it's being hosted by Buzz McAllister. I was unable to find out if that's like the actual Buzz McAllister actor that grew up and he's hosting it, or if they're just having some little kid be like, I'm Buzz, welcome to the home, as like a, a part of it. But uh, some of the events include a cozy holiday scene with twinkling lights and a perfectly trimmed tree for the celebration, booby traps galore, but you will be setting them, not sidestepping them, so no danger there. Apparently you get to splash yourself with aftershave and scream into the mirror. The house will be stocked with all the 90s favorites from the movie, including Chicago's finest pizza and candlelit dinner to have Kraft macaroni and cheese. You get to meet and greet a real-life tarantula. Weird, but important to the movie. And then you get to go home with a Lego Ideas set that is the Home Alone house to build out of Legos. Oh, okay. That's just so crazy to me. Like, it's such a cool idea, but you would I never would have guessed that in a million years. Like, where can I stay for Airbnb over the holidays? So it's in Chicago because this is a John Hughes joint. Yes. And everything's Chicago. So... Hmm, I wonder if because it's John Hughes and he centers everything around Chicago, that's why it wasn't in a studio. And it makes me wonder, is does that mean the first Bueller house is if I would much rather Could we do the John Hughes walking tour of Chicago? Yeah, is there one? I, I, it seems like it if now if the houses are actually real houses. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I never thought of that. You know, because we're so used to movies being like this is in Southern California somewhere, but trust us, it's like yeah. Kansas <laughs> or whatever, you know? Iowa, birthplace of Captain Kirk. Yeah, whatever <laughs> whatever neighborhood it is, the Genera neighborhood. Yep. But John Hughes set everything in Chicago, and I guess more stuff was probably filmed there than I realized. I would imagine. I figured it was just like out in exterior shots. So that must mean, maybe that, that must mean that like the Ferris Bueller school. There you go. And can can you tell what my favorite John Hughes movie is? <laughs> anyway, the mechanic shop from Pretty in Pink, maybe. Oh well, yeah, that yeah. There's some kind of wonderful one of those two. No one of them. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, hmm, interesting. 
So, hey, maybe next Christmas we can do a podcast from the Home Alone house. Who knows? <laughs> or at least go find out about that walking tour of Chicago. It seems like it should be a thing. It seems the, the John Hughes walking tour. Hosted by Abe Froman, uh, Sausage King of Chicago. No. <laughs> it was hosted by another C-list actor who was a <laughs> brother in one of the... John Hughes movies. Very snooty, though. I'm pretty sure that you, the this, what's his name, Buzz McAllister? Yep. It's so funny to me because you're like, I don't know if this is the actor or there's really some guy named Buzz McAllister. It or, might be. I mean, but to me, it's probably that actor. Yeah. And they didn't want to put his real name in the press release because you'd be like, who? who? <laughs> <laughs> but if they're going all out like it seems they are, it might just actually be the actor from the movie. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that'd be great. You, I bet you it is. Something else that has dropped recently, uh, by the time this episode comes out, it will be officially Spider-Man No Way Home Bay. <sighs> the movie will be out. I have fingers crossed that it'll be good, uh, but we'll know more about that later. In the meantime, there, because No Way Home is coming out, the headlines are flooded with Spider-Man news. Last Nerd Alerts, I mentioned that we found out the title to the sequel to Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. We are now getting Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse Part 1. Part 1. So we were wrong on the title just for the Part 1 aspect of it. Mm -hmm. Set for release October 7, 2022, there's a trailer that just dropped. We get to see Miles Morales and Gwen Stacy back at it. Mm -hmm. uh, the returning voices of Shameik Moore and Haley Steinfeld, podcast favorite. Mm-hmm. Kicking butt currently in Hawkeye. Always glad to see you more in either form. Uh, but yeah, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse Part 1. The only problem I have with this is it said October 2022. Yes. That's like forever away. Uh, in in Marvel Disney terms, that's almost on the horizon. Yeah, I, I know, but <laughs> it's just it's like, it's like, I don't know what'll happen by then. <laughs> I guess it, it's kind of funny. I don't know if you've noticed recently in... And everyone who listens, you're going to be hearing us. We're going to be doing so many assumptions because everything came out within these past in November and December, it seems. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, and because I, a lot of stuff was held because they're waiting for theaters to open. And a lot of stuff was held because they couldn't finish it because of the pandemic and everything. And it just seems like there's too much to talk about. <laughs> there's, there's so much stuff. There's so much stuff in pop culture slash nerdery that's coming out that that we're going to have a lot of assumptions coming up for you in the new year because <laughs> we're going to have to talk about the new Spider-Man movie. Yep. We're going to be talking. There's so much Marvel that came out, like Shang-Chi, then Eternals, and Black Widow. We did Black Widow. Yep. Um, we're going to do Shang-Chi. We, we're going to have to talk about the Eternals because that has controversy behind it. There you go. Then all the streaming services are pumping out all kinds of stuff. There you go. There's so much stuff. So get ready. You know, you just enjoyed our Anime Dallas content. Now you're getting our nerd alerts. And it's going to be assumption after assumption after assumption. Oh, and then Book of Boba Fett and all that stuff. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's coming out too. And we've got to do Hawkeye. And oh, I mean, <laughs> I have to go with two a week, Mikey. Hey, let's do it. There's so much stuff to talk about and so much. But that's, I mean, it's a nerd's paradise. Like, yes. Find something you like and enjoy the crap out of it because there's something out there for everybody. Yes. Uh, the final tidbit on Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse Part 1, which is cool because it means we're getting two parts. That's what it's hinting at. So, And also we got to see Spider-Man 2099 as the potential bad guy as Miles Morales is going to awesome comic book looking multiverses now. Yeah, it went, it went all crazy and looked all like it started off as it kind of looked like a leveled up version of the animation before yep. when he was in his room uh, with Spider-Gwen. And then 
he goes through this portal and then it like to me it reminded me of that crazy 1960s what the heck is going on here type animation that we're getting out of like Hanna-Barbera and stuff yeah everything was like man what are you guys doing over there man hey man (laughs) we're having fun man you like spider-man we like spider-man spider-man's cool man whoa but it's more multiverse stuff. Uh, the animation just from the trailer alone looks like, like you're saying, they're leveling up. So super excited for that. On the weirder animation news, but still in Spider-Man, they announced Spider-Man freshman year. Uh, the animated series follows Peter Parker on his way to becoming Spider-Man in the MCU. Boo. Uh, with a journey unlike we've ever seen and a style that celebrates the character's early comic book roots. That's really the only blurb we have about it, but... They're doing another Spider-Man actual cartoon instead of just an animated movie. So will it be like 90s X-Men? I don't know. <laughs> I love how you threw in your little boo. Uh, that's, that's I know you don't like or You're done with the origin stories. We there's. I get it. I know. Spider-Man. If you don't know how Spider-Man came about by now. You aren't paying attention. <laughs> you aren't paying it's not for you. <laughs> But I guess they're always like, oh, a new generation. And it's like, okay, generations don't happen that often. Yep. <laughs> It's true. <laughs> that, They're at least 20 years apart, right? Yeah. 18? Isn't that how we divide generations? Yeah. What? Uh, okay. Sure. Fine. I don't know. Th- that's the only detail we have is that little blurb of a press release. It could be anything. I did take a peek of what the reaction was on Reddit uh, just to get a little bit more feedback, see if my opinion was similar to other people's. But there was speculation that because the Tom Holland Spider-Man, another headline about that in a minute, but... Because he's like now almost adult mature Spider-Man, mm-hmm. now they have room. Yes, we don't need the origin story again, but there is room to talk about like early Spider-Man. Like maybe he's doing New York side street stuff, like actual neighborhood Spider-Man rather than this big like Doctor Strange global fix the oh, universe yeah. Spider-Man, you know? Mm-hmm. So smaller scale weekly adventures, I'd be kind of down for that. Yeah. I, mean, I just want to see Uncle Ben die again. You can't do that to me again. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Uncle Ben, no. Yeah. Uh, I mean, sure. I'll I'll probably give it a check out. There you go. Uh, but the cooler news that I was hinting at with Tom Holland is that Amy Pascal from Sony did confirm that uh, No Way Home is not the last Tom Holland Spider-Man that we're getting. They're doing a whole new trilogy. That's, this arc will be complete with No Way Home, is what, the, what was stated. And then three more Spider-Man movies featuring Tom Holland. His story will continue. Yes. <laughs> But it does say it'll take place after Civil War, after Homecoming. So this is, I guess, fresh new territory for Spider-Man. I didn't keep up with the later comics, so it'll be a surprise to me. But I know he hangs out with Daredevil. I know he has some crossover with uh, Deadpool. I don't know. Maybe we'll get to see, like, expanded universe Spider-Man. So this is under, is this under Sony's umbrella? Uh, it's gonna. It's it's still part of the MCU and Marvel Studios, but it is in continuation of the agreement between both of them. Oh, okay. Well, that's cool. Sony's still saying, "Hey, you can play with our toys." Well, that's cool. I mean, geez, kudos to them for realizing that. I mean, they're making so much money. Probably that's probably the bottom line here. But it didn't seem to matter before. Hollywood's way different than it used to be in a lot of ways. Yep. It seemed like before properties were you know, they wouldn't let them play with their toys ever. Ever. And this is ours. You can't have it. Yeah. And that it was all that wrangling and stuff. And no, we're going to do something with it. So they'd pump out something horrible just to hold the license. Oh, yeah. And it wasn't good for anybody. Um, <laughs> but now it seems that it's interesting because it's, it's kind of funny. I don't know if you're a student of, I know you probably are because I know you're kind of a cinephile. Yep. But old Hollywood, 
when like an actor would get signed to a studio, they would be like, you know, they get signed to Paramount and yes. they'd be a, one of the Paramount stars. Yeah. But sometimes they could be like loaned out to MGM or something. Yeah, to like boost the picture or help. Yeah, yeah, and and MGM would get a little kick for that. Uh, I mean, Paramount would get the kick from MGM. And the actor would get something, and it, it would be you know, like, oh, you know, they loaned Jimmy Stewart out for this picture. You know, and it's it almost seems like they've gone from we can't do that with actors anymore. They don't have those kind of things anymore. That's true. But now it looks like they're doing that with properties now. Oh yeah, yeah. So it's now it's like we're loaning out Spider Man to Marvel over there, and the profits are great, everybody. We have these fancy comic book properties that we don't know what to do with. We found them in the shelves. Here, do you want to use them? <laughs> but, hey, I'm all for it because now, like, people are recognizing that they're doing something right, you know. People are tuning into these. Unless you're Ridley Scott, he hates all superhero movies. But um, what? He, oh, that was just a blurb on Twitter. He's like, superhero movies are boring. There's a few explicatives in there that I can't say on the podcast, but apparently Ridley Scott is anti-superhero movie. Oh, Ridley Scott. I thought you were talking about not Scott, oh, our no. producer. I was so confused. <laughs> no, Ridley Scott, director of Aliens and Blade oh. Runner and all that stuff. Yeah. Also, too, Martin Scorsese hates the superhero movies. Oh, yeah. A lot. Yep. That seems like old guard just being grumpy about new ways of doing things. Yeah. Get <laughs> off my movie screen. There's a hilarious clip of David Lynch from Twin Peaks, the director of that, and he's like, how are you going to watch a movie on your phone? How can you do that? He's all upset. <laughs> it's like, cool it, Grandpa. This is how movies are now. They old, have superheroes in them. Old man yells at clouds. <laughs> cloud computing. There you go. Oh, hey. There old man know. yells at the cloud. We're going to update that Simpsons joke for sure. <laughs> uh, one more cartoon news. Uh, we talked about this with Misty at Anime Dallas. I think it's come up on the podcast at least two or three times. Uh, we're big fans of the 1990 animated series, The X-Men. <laughs> yeah, we know the theme song. We loved it. I think I saw all 76 episodes of it. Yeah. But they're bringing it back. They're making X-Men 97, and they're just adding more story. They're not redoing it, as far as I can tell. It's not a reboot or a retelling. They're just bringing all the voice actors back and bringing X-Men back in 90s form. Really? Yeah. We got... Uh, the actors' names, Cal Dodd, Lenore Zahn, George Booza, Adrian Hugh, Christopher Britton, Catherine Disher, Chris Potter, but that's all Wolverine, Rogue, Beast, Jean Grey, Gambit, Storm, and Jubilee are all the voices coming back. Oh, wow. So, more X-Men. I, they haven't released any details about what, you know, what timeline it's going to take place in, more that it's just a continuation of the series rather than a reboot of the series, which, as much as I was grumpy about Spider-Man freshman year, super excited for X-Men 97. Yes. I've rewatched some of the 90s X-Men and it still holds. I mean, I'm not going to do We're doing a mini reassumptions yeah. here, I guess, but it still holds up pretty good. I mean, the stories are there. It definitely has that funny, like, kids, like, we can't show lots of death violence stuff in it. Yeah. But but then, but the funny, the funniest thing to me in it, the one thing, and maybe this is why I never like Cyclops that much, is that he'll miss sometimes. I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's just it's just look at you just need to look at things. You if you can see it, you can hit it, Cyclops. Maybe it's a prescription laser mask, <laughs> and so he has a hard time focusing on what he's actually looking at. Maybe but, he's nearsighted. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, but me, but me rewatching, and I was like, ah, oh, this is probably why I don't like that guy. Oh, it makes sense. You know, it's like. <laughs> And there was that, I mean, yes, the whole love interest between Dream Grey, Wolverine, and Cyclops, but Cyclops always seemed like the emo kids. Like, you're supposed to be the leader. Like, just sort it out. 
They're always fighting robots, though, which is good. Yeah, the Sentinels. They don't have blood. Yeah. (laughs) They get to see. They get destroyed. But sometimes he would miss them. Wolverine never missed them with his claws. Never. Yeah, it's close combat. And he was in a blind berserker rage. I mean, come on. But Cyclops missing something that he's looking at. <laughs> it, 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 that's a solid argument. How do you explain that? How do you put that in that he just doesn't hit it every time? <laughs> hey, hey, X-Men 97, Cyclops never misses. Let's go. Maybe, yeah. There's ways to make him miss without him, you know. Yeah, have something hit him or yeah, knock exactly. him off course. Yes. Not just, oh, I blinked wrong. It's like, no. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Uh, to continue the Marvel news, one of the announcements is a live-action series. Uh, from a character we just got introduced to. Uh, but Agatha, Agatha Harkness, is coming back in her own series, Agatha, House of Harkness. Oh, the, from WandaVision. Yes. Oh. That right there is striking when the iron's hot. Yes, very much because so. Because that was a character that everyone was like, wow, this character's awesome. And Catherine Hahn, that actress, is awesome. Well, yeah. And if and anyone who's, I mean, talk about a character actor for sure. Yep. But, I mean... Anyone who's seen Catherine Hahn and anything knew that already. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was one of those things where scenes were stolen and definitely they're smart enough to be like, hey, let's do something with this. I'm excited. I like to see Catherine Hahn do things. And it seems like there's so much room for potential because as far as like we've only seen Agatha in WandaVision, like you said. But even then we saw like her become a witch, like way back in the ancient medieval wooden times. Yes. In the forest. And then we saw her in the hex. You know, there's a huge timeline that like mm-hmm. anything can happen there. Yes. She could have people from Marvel show up and interact. It might not even fit in with the timeline of the blip or anything. I don't know. So yeah. there's, it, it's cool that there's so much room to tell that story like a character that people now know a little bit because of WandaVision, but is essentially new ground. I know. I mean, and like you said, she's been around for so long. She's almost like an immortal in a lot of ways. Or she's using the magic to keep herself alive and young, which I guess is one of the things. But, I mean, there's potential for... I mean, I think Marvel goes as far back as Captain America World War II Captain America version. Yep. I wonder why they don't go any earlier than that. I know that there's some Marvel properties that have stuff earlier than that. It'd be interesting if that's what they would draw in, bring in, because I know they've done stories and stuff and... Also, Wolverine's supposed to be super old, too. Like, yeah, I could like, swear there's, like, Western stuff with Wolverine in There's it. Western stuff. There's some offshoots where he's in Japan, like, yeah. ancient Japan. Yeah. So, yeah. It'd just be interesting, because like, if she's been around for so long, they can mix in some of that stuff. That's it. And kind of like what you're talking about, like, yes, it kind of started with Captain America, and that's, like, guys in suits fighting, good guys fighting bad guys. But with Agatha and WandaVision first, but continuing with Agatha, it's Marvel doing like witchcraft, which we don't get very much of. Like mm-hmm. that's not a big presence in Marvel in general. So I liked how they did it with WandaVision. So I'm excited to see more of that as opposed to the usual, not that I'm against it, but opposed to the usual, like good guy punches, bad guy flies away. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, Marvel has a, a rich history of characters that use like magic in them. Um, yeah, yeah. It's all through the comics and stuff. It just has never really showed up much in the live-action properties. Yeah, it's true. I mean, we're just now getting, like, Doctor Strange has that a little bit to it as well, so mm-hmm. well, I'm all for it. It's a little bit offshoot for Marvel, but I like when they do a little bit offshoot. Guardians of the Galaxy, stuff like that. Loki yep. with time travel. I mean, come on. 
And then one final bit of Marvel news. This is comic book news, but they're actually making a Captain Carter comic book because of how successful her episode was for Marvel's What If, the animated series that dropped a little bit ago. Oh, cool. That's awesome. I really like that episode a lot. And it's Peggy Carter. Yeah. We love that character. We love Haley Atwell, who portrays her both the voice in What If and in the movies. I also like skinny Steve Rogers in the, the, the <laughs> Iron Giant, little mini Iron Giant suit. Oh, it was great. But I bring that up for two reasons. Uh, one, in the announcement for that comic book series, we do get the other news that What If is coming back for a season two because it did so well. Cool. That's great. So more What If. That's awesome. But... If, was interesting to me because this is one of the rare instances I can think of where they make a comic book based off the media property before it as opposed to the usual course of action. We have a comic book. Let's make a show or a movie on it. Now it's like, I mean, what if was the comic first, but now they have this cartoon character that people responded really well to. And it's like, okay, let's make a comic book off of that. I'm like, kind of weird. Not not the usual thing. Yeah. Cool though. Like it. Because did you know that Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the show, yes. continued its final two seasons in comic book form? Yes. They were great, but it was so weird to be like, I'm going from a TV show to a comic book. Joss Whedon's big on that because they did the same thing with um, Firefly. Oh, that's right. They did do a Firefly yep. one. Yep. Well, that answered my question. I was going to ask if you could think of one they, where they go media well, to comic book. I mean, that's Joss Whedon, though. Yeah. <laughs> he knows how to, he knows what line of fan he has. Yes. Uh, us. <laughs> and he knows how to finish his stories for his fans. Comic books. <laughs> <laughs> and the way Joss Whedon writes and voices all of his properties, it translates really well to comic yep. books with his little quippy dialogue. Yep. But for the year ahead aspect of these nerd alerts and Marvel, uh, here's a quick timeline of what you can look forward to. Just in general, we've already known about these, but they're adding some dates to it. Spider-Man No Way Home, like I said, just dropped. Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness is coming in May 2022. Thor Love and Thunder, July 8th, 2022. The Miss Marvel series sometime in the summer. And then the year wraps up with Black Panther Wakanda Forever on November 2022. And then they add dates for 2023s as well, so like even farther ahead. we got the Marvels in February, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 in May, Ant-Man and the Wasp, which I thought was coming out way sooner, but Quantumania comes out July 2023. And then Fantastic Four is still to be announced, but most likely 2023. So do you know anything about any of these? Like, do you know what the Marvels is? Uh, uh, I believe that's the Miss Marvel and Captain Marvel like, oh, team I up see. thing. Okay, I got it. Yes. The Marvels. Exactly. Weird name. And man, I'm, everything on here is exciting to me. The, I worry. I don't not worry. Worry is not the right word. I don't know what the word is. Hesitant? Trepidatious? Trepidatious. Yeah. Uh, Here's a nickel. <laughs> about about the Black Panther Wakanda Forever, just because they were going to make it anyway. Yep. And then we lose Chadwick Boseman, tragically. Tragically. And instead of, like, canceling it, they're like, no, we're going to go ahead and make it anyway. Yep. Without him. And we're not going to CGI it, and we're not going to do it. We're just So it's like, okay... What? It, what's going to happen? Yeah, what's going to happen? <laughs> yeah. That's why I'm trepidatious. It's like, I mean, I guess they're going to have to kill him and then uh, kill him off. Something They have to kill yeah. him off, I guess. I mean, I don't know what they're going to do. It's it's interesting to me. I mean, because that guy was a, that, that, that guy had so much star power. He was a star. No offense to anyone else in that. Nope. In, in the series. But, I mean, yeah. He was Black Panther. He was Black Panther. Absolutely. And now he's not going to be there. So how are we going to do this? I think it's cool that they already have stated the decision. It's like we're not going to try and work around it. 
I think that the I think that the trepidation comes from my Star Wars fandom and yes. the fact that Carrie Fisher's untimely death really kind of messed things up. Oh, yeah, story wise, yeah, timing wise, it was life wise. Yeah, so I mean, yeah. Ugh. The cool thing about uh, Black Panther, I think, is there's an aspect to it that's like Black Widow. It's a mantle, and yes, Chad Chadwick Boseman was Black Panther, did a great job, mm-hmm. but it's also a title that can be passed on. Well, for sure, for and, sure. And Wakanda as an area and their technology and the cast of character that's in there, they do have a decent amount of stuff to well, work for with. for sure, for sure. I mean, I, it, it's doable, but, I mean, it's just, I don't know. Trepidatious, Trepidatious. I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> but also curious, what, what's going to happen? Yeah, exactly. The Multiverse of Madness, we know, just the Spider-Man movie and that movie are, like, I had no idea how much Doctor Strange, he's like, so much in the Spider-Man movie. He's essentially the crux for the yeah. the, the, the conflict, it's, I think. It's crazy. So it's going to be in... Where did we leave Thor off at? Do you even remember? Thor Ragnarok. They got off the planet. He's now hanging out with Valkyrie. That's why it's Love and Thunder, because it's right. Thor and Valkyrie. That's right. Uh, his rock buddy is still with him. He's right. no longer fat, because he talked to his mom, and he's not depressed That's right. anymore. That's right. So I think this is just Thor, like, maybe reclaiming Asgard. The Adventures of Thor and Valkyrie. Yeah. That, okay. That buddy cop God movie. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, excited. I think the one that I'm most excited about is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Oh, James Gunn, yes. Because, I mean, that's such a... First of all, I mean, the whole behind-the-scenes story of that is great. You mm-hmm. know, a guy who kind of... So many of these... So people aren't allowed to make mistakes anymore, and, but he was allowed to make a mistake because... Yes. The people who worked with him knew how he really was, knew his character, mm-hmm. and everyone stood up for him. And here he is able to make it. And I mean, that that's a success story. And like, yes, there are despicable people out there. Yes, things need to change. Yes, work conditions need to be better all across the board in every aspect of the world, mm-hmm. really. Mm-hmm. But let's not take out good people who make mistakes. Because guess what? We all make mistakes. It's you true. Know? And. Let he who is without sin cast the first stone. <laughs> but, I mean, like, we, we've had two Guardians now, and they've both been stellar. I don't know if the two is better than the one. Maybe that's a conversation for later. But, uh, like, more of that with the awesome soundtrack, James Gunn's great storytelling and directing, Chris Pratt, the whole thing. He was a jerk. Uh, James Gunn was a jerk on Twitter saying, Yondu's definitely dead. We're not pulling any comic book stuff. The people I kill in my movies stay that way. Okay, well. So no more Yondu, but... The, just the memes alone of, of, of I'm moving so slow. <laughs> I be seen. I mean, it's the best. Drac, yeah. Yeah. It, I, that, that was, is that, it, of all the Marvel MCU movies, that's got to be the most successful meme out of any of them that I can think of. Oh, for sure. Maybe some stuff in Ant-Man, but I think Drax yeah. wins for most of it. Yeah. Because they would put it like photoshopping him, but because it's a still picture, he's like, "I don't see a Drax. What is it? <laughs> <He's invisible." laughs> it's a it's a John Cena thing all over again. But, all. I mean, probably one of the, uh, maybe this is my hot take, but Guardians funniest of the Marvel properties. Um, I'm trying to think which ones they laughed out loud the most at, and I think it might have been Guardians. Yeah, I mean, uh, Paul Rudd's an Ant Man, and that very that, true. That has some. Funny moments in it, and his funny buddy. He's yeah, like, things have been going to crap, but things are great. <laughs> yeah, Baba Yaga. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's see, actually there, pretty funny. There's the contest. Maybe that's an argument we can have in the future. Which one's the funniest? Yeah. 
Uh, but that's all I got for Marvel. Now you mentioned it, you, you hinted at it earlier. So news for you, Star Wars news. Yeah. There were two headlines that I came across recently. The first, they had the 2021 Game Awards, essentially just the video game industry's version of the Grammys or the Oscars. Cool. A uh, whole bunch of games won awards. Go check out the winners. I don't have the list here. But the coolest part to me is they did a cinematic reveal trailer for the next Star Wars game called Star Wars Eclipse. <laughs> but in the description for Star Wars Eclipse, it's essentially like they didn't show any gameplay, so we can't really comment mm-hmm. on the game. My guess is it's going to be along the Force Unleashed, maybe Knights of the Old Republic style. Uh, it does seem like it's going to be a first person or a third person, one character kind of game. But it's going to take place in the High Republic, which is new to me. But the High Republic, initially promoted as Project Luminous among the industry, uh, it's a multimedia project consisting of various stories from the Star Wars franchise set during the High Republic sub-era of the Age of the Republic, which is 200 years before the prequels, but 800 years after the Old Republic. Okay. Do you know anything about the High Republic? Is this something you're familiar with, or is it new? Yeah, I mean, it's supposed to be... The High Republic is supposed to be the time... When the Jedi were the bestest. Ah, okay. As it were. Yeah. At the height of their power. Yes, the High Republic. When the Republic was the shining beacon of light in the universe. That's it. Type thing. Uh, So, before the dark times, (laughs) before the Empire. (laughs) So, yeah, um, that's all I know about it, other than that. In the, like I said, the trailer is a cinematic, so it's designed to look cool, but doesn't show anything in the game. But it was cool to see. It's all the familiar planets, all the cities we've at least hinted at in the movies and stuff. And then the only really character I recognized was a Yoda, which makes sense because he's still he's old enough. He's only two hundred at this point or something. Mm-hmm. But other than that, like you, no recognizable characters. So this might seem like they're opening the door for just fresh Star Wars people across the board. Yeah, for sure. The cool part about the trailer is that it ends, it's a cool drumming soundtrack, and you see a whole bunch of drummers, and they're doing something that seems like a ritual, and then the trailer ends with this guy coming out of, or this figure, because you can't really even tell it's a guy, but this figure emerging from black goo, which is just on the nose like, ooh, a new evil is rising. What is this new evil? <laughs> from the black goo. <laughs> that's it. It's a, it's a cool looking shot, but it explains nothing, but it hints at another thing that's in the headlines. Uh, also taking place during the High Republic era of Star Wars is a series on Disney Plus, Star Wars Acolyte. We've heard the title. I've, we've hinted at the mm-hmm, title in previous mm-hmm, Nerd Alerts, mm-hmm. but uh, we get our, our actor that's going to be the lead, and that's Amanda Stenberg, who played Rue in the Hunger Games series. That's really all I know that actress from, but uh, she is now the lead. Okay, yeah. Uh, the only details we know about Star Wars Acolyte is that Acolyte refers to uh, a young Sith student. Yes. They've kind of done a little bit of that story in certain properties, more in video games than I think than in the movies. Mm-hmm. But this sounds like it might be like Bizarro Luke Skywalker story, just the evil version of it. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, all this stuff coming. Um, more, well, you know, this is a Disney Plus series, so it's very strange that it seems like that the best Star Wars stuff is coming from video games and television series now. Oh, yeah, TV's kicking it's butt. Like they, it's like, let's just not make movies anymore. <laughs> or if, if you're going to, I know they have a whole bunch of movies on the docket, on the docket, but, I mean, I don't know, man. Unless it's going to be Favreau and Filoni doing it. <laughs> I mean, just stick to TV, there you I go. think. Yeah. Or video games, because that's just been the most consistently good content. 
is it like longer production schedules or do they're just thinking in a different mindset? I wonder what it is. Cause like, uh, well, I mean, I think a lot of it has to do because Filoni's involved. He's right. so he's, he literally is when you look at all that behind the scenes stuff that's on Disney plus with him in it, he's literally George Lucas's Padawan. George Lucas took him under his wing. Ex- his acolyte. No? <laughs> well, yeah. Or yeah, whichever way you want to go with it. Um, but he literally explained like all his, reasoning and thinking behind stuff i mean yep. like when he we've talked about it on the podcast before when feloni gave his breakdown of the prequels mm-hmm. based on what george told him what he was you're like oh wow that is a really good story and that makes way more sense now and it was like i and that's why the clone wars animated series was so good oh yeah and, yeah because george was still there and feloni was translating George's stuff into see that the thing I love George Lucas because he created one of the things I love the most but Mm -hmm. it's really really true that he's one of those guys who you need he's such a visionary that you almost need someone to translate it to the humans Oh, I you know mean, what I mean? To the plebeians. Yeah. yeah. It's like, so, here, mortals, here's what this God has spoken. Here's the commandment. Exactly. And it seems like when stuff is done that way, it comes out. I mean, like, Star Wars was great. Everyone, The first one was great. Everyone loved it. It was a phenomenon. But then the second one, he's like, ah, no, I'm going to have this other guy do it. Empire Strikes Back, yep. which most movie critics, most people, a lot of they think it's the, one of the greatest movies ever. There not just Star Wars yep. movie. And he didn't direct it. And it was just, it was created story by, he didn't, he wrote it, but then it was like, it went through script editing from other people and stuff. And But to its, its, be, its betterment, it That's what like, I'm saying. Yeah. And it seems like George Lucas needed that. That, um, that makes sense. So, and then, but by the time the prequels came out, it was like, you said direct vision from the God <laughs> and everyone went crazy <laughs> or something. Yeah, he had too many yes men. He probably needed a few more no men. Yeah. But you're reminding me that Filoni did start in TV, so I wonder if he just has TV brain when it comes to like how he wants to make things. I, it seems that way, especially if you watch the all the all that gallery behind the scenes stuff yep. and everything. He was taking everything he learned and doing the animated series and bringing it over to um, the Mandalorian. So yeah, like the Mandalorian, you could have squished a couple episodes together and just made it a trilogy of movies. But it, I think it works amazingly as yeah. that serial. So yeah. Oh, Star Wars. So, yes, we're, we're, we're going to, in the future, see more Sith, more Rise of Evil of some sort. I'm kind of excited for it. I, I prefer, like we were talking previously, like the underground of Star Wars is a little bit more interesting to me than, like, we're the Jedis. We're cool. Check out our swords. For sure. So, yes, Star Wars video game news, but that's not the only video game nerd alert I have. I have one for you. I'm hoping to get your attention. They've announced the new Bioshock game that's coming out. Oh, wow, cool. Bioshock Isolation, mm. announced by Cloud Chamber Studios. This is in rumor leaked territory. It was leaked on Twitter by Ralph's Valve, a well-known leaker with sources in the industry. I guess, I don't know how you get those credentials. But, <laughs> uh, but uh, the, on Twitter, they share the logo and a few little tidbits about what it's about. Mm. Well, for behind the scenes, Kevin Levine is not known to be working on it. He was the one that did a lot of the first three Bioshocks. Mm-hmm. But uh, the crew from Irrational Games that have experience working on the series will be part of it, and they're going to be using the new Unreal 5 engine, which is a level up in technology, Mm -hmm. so that's exciting for it. But Bioshock Isolation is said to be set in a new-to-franchise, isolated, dystopian city. And then 
that city actually might be two cities with radically different ideology, one of them located underground right below the other. I knew it. Both sharing a flip side border zone with an unleashed vertical war. Oh, wow. I knew it was going to be underground because it was underwater That's in it. the sky. What's left? Put Space and underground. Put them together. Yeah. I'm calling it right now. The next Bioshock after this is on the moon. Ooh, like, yeah, full, like on a planet somewhere. No, it's going to be on like a moon base. Okay. Because it's always retro stuff. Oh, that's right. That's right. It's going to be dark side of the moon. Oh, we, we should co- we <laughs> write this down because that's way too good to just let Copyright it Copyright Assuming Productions LLC. Bioshock Lunar Activity. No, what would, so, I don't know uh, what yeah. it would be called. <laughs> lunar Madness, probably. Yeah, that's really cool. It's kind of funny because I don't know if everyone knows, but uh, I uh, came to the Bioshock games late. They kind of passed me by. I think, yeah, it was because they came out when my kids were little and I wasn't playing any video games. Yeah, yeah. But then there was a special Christmas or two ago. I don't remember when, but there was a special where they were selling like a Bioshock bundle. It was like all of them for not very much. And I remember asking the crew here, (laughs) like, hey, you guys play Bioshock and not Scott went crazy. And he's like, I love Bioshock. It's so good. (laughs) And I was like, okay, well, that's a pretty rousing endorsement. So I bought it, and I played through them all, and they were great. So thank you, Not Scott, for <laughs> introducing me to the Bioshock world because it's totally a type of stuff I like. Kind of like I love the shooters, and I love the shooters that have like kind of like a, a retro feel like Fallout or just it's very Fallout-y mm-hmm. um, or dystopian stuff, which is also Fallout, which is I guess why I like Fallout <laughs> a lot. But Anything that's like a, a shooter that has a story, I'm on board for that. So that's what they do well in Bioshock. And you already called it, but it, it just sounds fun that essentially they're taking the first environment of Bioshock 1 and 2 and then the environment of Bioshock 3 and cramming them together and making them fight. It's like, yeah. okay, now get along nicely and just smush. That's great. Underground worlds. That on a vertical war. Do you, do you flip when you get there? Is it, um, is it Bioshock jetpacks, like Rocketeer style? Oh, man. That'd be fun. Looking forward to it. And then we ha- have a couple more blurbs. So do you want to talk about uh, yes. um, American Puzzle TV show? That's your hint. American uh, Puzzle TV show. A prequel that goes back in time with an awesome movie monster? Oh. Or anime? Let's do some anime since we just got off of Anime Dallas. There you go. Uh, this made me happy. This is a, a nerd alerts for Mikey. But Hayao Miyazaki in 2013 announced his retirement from Studio Ghibli. I know he was the the master. He was yes. the George Lucas of that company. Very much so. Um, it was a huge bummer to see him go. Mm-hmm. But the new headline now is that he's coming back for one more. He couldn't stay oh, away. Oh yes. So the the big exciting news is Miyazaki is coming back to do an, a proper Studio Ghibli film. It's probably going to be his last one, but. He's drawing it all by hand with his team that he's had on most of his movies, and it's called How Do You Live? Doesn't seem like it's too fantastical like some of them are, but it's inspired by a 1937 Japanese novel uh, that tells the story of young 15-year-old boy Koperu. Uh, And it essentially kind of sounds like Koperu goes to live with his uncle, who's well-off and rich, and it's like Country Mouse goes to live with City Mouse. Mm. And it sounds slice of life. And it sounds kind of plain on paper, but knowing Studio Ghibli, like they find fantastical in the mundane yes. all the time. That's exciting. That right there is a genius who retired and was sitting around, and ideas keep coming into his genius mind. <laughs> and he was like, 
oh, this one is too good. Yeah. I can't not do this one. So I can only imagine how good it, it's going to be. It's a passion project. I don't want to. I mean, yeah, I don't want to build it up. But come on, let's build this up. Think about it. You you did all this genius stuff. We loved all the Studio Ghibli stuff so much. Yep. And he retires, and he's just sitting there, retired, enjoying himself, doing whatever he's doing. Mm-hmm. And the, and you know that a guy's mind like that it just doesn't stop. He's got he's got to have these ideas just keep rolling and rolling and rolling. That's so it. this is probably like one of like 10 or 20 or who knows how many ideas that he was just like, nope, I'm retired. Nope, I'm retired. <laughs> yep. So this means this one hit him and he went, nope, I'm, hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I must tell the story. Yes, I have to tell the story. Oh, I'm excited. That's why I'm like, I was a little deterred once I read the blurb about what the story actually is. Because it, it, like I said, it just seems very plain and simple. Like, doesn't seem like there's going to be much flourish to it. Mm-hmm. But if it's causing him to come out of retirement, he's like, I have to tell the story. There's passion and significance there yes. for sure. Yes. I don't know about the novel. It'd be interesting to see what happens in that novel, but I don't want to because I don't want to spoil it. But yeah, see, there's got to be, there's something in there. Yep. I know there is. And you know, the it might sound slice of life and stuff, but the thing about those Japanese stories, they always have a little mix of their, you know, their folklore and stuff in there. Yeah, anyway. the spiritual and yeah. the, some supernatural. Yeah, some stuff that's a, some stuff that's more normal in a story to them is can can be fantastical for a story for us. So. <laughs> so yeah, I look forward to that. And then just to fill in some of the blurbs that I hinted at so the listeners aren't like, what? What, what was the other? <laughs> um, they announced a National Treasure TV show. <laughs> Nicolas Cage isn't coming back, but it's going to star a, a young girl named Jess, played by Lizette Alexis, uh, who's going, I mean, they're continuing the National Treasure trend, which I love. It's just solving America's puzzles to figure out the history of your family and apparently find some treasure. Okay. So National Treasure TV show. Gal Gadot, another podcast favorite, is going to be playing the evil queen in Disney's live-action adaptation of Snow White. Oh. She's pulling an Angelina Jolie, Maleficent, but she's doing the OG. She's doing the evil queen. So they haven't done Snow White yet. Okay. (laughs) I thought they'd done all of them already. Does that mean we're getting live-action Seven Dwarves? Oh, wait a minute. You're right. Hi-ho. How are you going to do that? Hi-ho. Is it going to be like Time Bandits? It dang well should be. <laughs> I'm with you. Brad Williams. That's it. Get Brad Williams out there. Danny Woodburn, is he still around? We've talked about him yeah, for Jingle is. All the he, Way. He's totally still around. Oh, you should. You should. That'd be awesome. Because, I mean, it'd be so, have that nice 80s feel to it. But you know they're not gonna. You know that they're, but <laughs> they're gonna just take, they're gonna take tall actors and make them little, aren't they? That's what they're gonna do. And you're, you're. You're, you're lead, I mean, Warwick Davis, yes. Brad Williams, yeah. Danny Warburg. I mean, there's three right there. That's I'm it. sure there's four more, <laughs> you know, that I'm not thinking of off the top of my head right now. Exactly. I mean, there's great little people actors out there, and I don't see them as much anymore. I mean, get, get, though they are bringing back Willow. That's true, but so. not Warwick Davis. I don't no, he's going to th- be okay. in it. I think. Yeah, I think well, he's then in if it. he's busy, get Peter Dinklage. I mean, come on. There you go, Peter Dinklage. <laughs> there's four right there. I'm curious, like, all we know is that Gal Gadot is the evil queen, so okay, we I don't know. know if the dwarves will even be in it, but I really hope they are. Oh, I hope they are, too. Oh, can you man. can you name them all right now? <laughs> um, I don't think I okay, can. Okay, let's see. Let's see. Sleepy, Dopey, Bashful, Doc, Grumpy. Is Grumpy one of them? Yep. Yeah. Sleepy, Dopey, Bashful, Doc, Grumpy, 
sneezy, and and happy. That's it. I think that's all seven. I didn't hear a vixen or a prancer in there, so I think those are all on on board. Oh, only because you did the voice. The last blurb, the hint that I didn't fill in is that they're making a Predator prequel. Speaking of Arnold Schwarzenegger, no. he's not going to be in it, but the Predator will be, and they're sending the Predator back to 1719 to fight what? Comanche Indians. What? Yeah, he's going to fight Comanches in the woods. What? Oh. See? Yes. <laughs> um, it out. sounds... Even if it's bad, it sounds good. Even if it's bad, it's kind of going back to what made the first Predator awesome. It's just this monster in the woods that people are trying to survive. And now it's Comanches? Yes. That's a, that's an equal foe right there. Yes. I, and this is what I hope. Do us right, Hollywood. You guys act like you want to be the way you are over there. The, this cast better be 100% Native American actors. Absolutely. And I don't want you pulling the uh, Last Samurai stuff. And oh. sticking a some oh, Tom Cruise in there, white dude in there, <laughs> saying he was kidnapped. And didn't Matt Damon do that too? They liked yes. him. That that's crazy. Yes, that that wall, Great Wall of China movie. They they only released a little like promotional still poster looking thing for it, but it does show the Comanche warrior and the actress is Amber Mid Thunder. Like oh, there you go. Yeah, that's a. So it seems like they're doing authentic. A, I I hope so too because there's something that one of my kids brought up to me, mm-hmm. and this is hope for the future is that there are so many like untold stories. Like If you want to be inclusive and stuff, yep. or if you want to do stuff, there are so many untold stories out there about places where people aren't just white. That's it. That you could do all kinds of awesome things with. Absolutely. Like, and like we were thinking, like think of there's, there's a time when the Persian Empire was huge. That's it. And, you know, and there's all these stories. There's, there was these kingdoms that existed in deep Africa that weren't Egyptian. Yep. The Nubian kingdoms and stuff. We don't hear any stories about that, that stuff. They've, they've, and even like the Latin America, like the Chichen Itza yes. and the Aztecs and there's the Mayans. so much stuff. Like they've done a little bit of that, but, yeah, but no, the whole I mean, world. That's what I'm saying. There's a whole world of stuff that was so cool. I What I would love to see is I'd love to see a Zulu movie from the perspective of not the British Army. Oh, very much so. Like, Because I don't know if you know any about that history, but the Zulus won it first. I got you. And it's there's a pretty decent older movie about that, but it's a British movie from the British perspective, and it's like, you know. Yeah, yeah you can uh, kind of expect how yeah, it's going to go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it would be kind of an interesting from the flip side to see what that was like. I'm, I'm totally anyway, down. Tons of stories like that throughout history that you could pull up. And if they get boring, throw a predator in there. He can just <laughs> travel. <through the> exactly. <laughs> oh, that's great. I'm excited for oh, that one. It's called Prey. Um, oh, wow. And it's a loose release date of summer of next year, summer 2022. Oh, that's exciting. I'm excited. I wonder if Arnold will make a cameo oh. yelling out reindeer names. But that's it. Uh-huh. That's it. But that's it for my December nerd alerts. I am a, I am a Hessian general, and I am here to. Well, I can't even do this. <laughs> anyway. Get down! Get down! Comanche! Oh man! So those are the nerd alerts. Thanks, Mikey, for the nerd alerts. <laughs> okay, that's how they end now. <laughs> well, we want you guys to let us know what you thought of nerd alerts. What are your hot takes 
on all the topics we covered here today. Yeah. Um, are you excited about Spider-Man cartoons? Are you excited about Marvel craziness? Are you excited about X-Men? Are you excited about things that aren't Marvel that we talked about? Because we did talk about <laughs> things that aren't Marvel. We want you to let us know. You can hit us up on the social medias at AssumingPod, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Please follow us on those things. Also, I ask you, if you wherever you listen to this podcast, there's probably, a, unless you're doing the RSS feed, there's a thing you can go to and you can rate it. Give us all the stars or all the thumbs. That's that it. really helps us out a lot. Mm-hmm. Say something nice. You can also send us a Gmail, assumingpositions at gmail.com. Okay. Every week I say to Mikey, what format would you like the Gmail sent in? Oh, this is I've, I've I've run out of like news alert ideas on yeah, right? on theme. It's hard. Um, send it normal email, but uh, I want telegraph formatting. I want to stop after every stop. every sentence. Yeah, stop. I have a hot take. Stop. Okay, and we you should talk have, about this more. Stop. You have to use you have to use old slang in yeah. it too. <laughs> extra, extra. I'm tired of hitting this banana oil out of you, Mikey. Stop. Look it up, <laughs> banana oil. <laughs> We want to thank you guys so much for listening. We also want to thank that guy, Brad, for doing our announcing. Not Scott Productions for Equipment, Jazz are for Music. And we hope you guys have a great rest of your week. We will see you next week. Nerd alerts, nerd alerts, nerd alerts. Nerd alerts, nerd alerts, nerd alerts, nerd alerts. And old anxiety. Can we do an old anxiety? Nerd. nerd alerts, nerd, nerd alerts, nerd, nerd alerts, nerd, alerts, nerd alerts, nerd, nerd alerts, nerd, nerd alerts. Happy holidays, everybody. <laughs> That's fireworks or champagne. I don't know.